this show is brought to you by Amazon.com. That's right. All you need to do if you want to help support this podcast and help us do all the crazy science and all the fun stuff we're going to be doing here, uh, all you got to do is go to the homepage at todayinspace.net slash home or go to this week's link and there'll be a button. Just click that button and go do your shopping on Amazon like you would regularly. And really, it's, it's that simple. And Amazon's going to kick me back a little bit of, of whatever it is. And that way, we can just fund all of the, the cool stuff we're doing here. Um, it's that simple. And you just help support this podcast. Keep doing what it's doing because... I mean, let's be honest, the show's pretty awesome. So let's keep it going, right? All right, so do that. That'd be awesome. Without further ado, let's go on with the show. Today in Space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Today in Space. This week is 10-22, October 22nd. 22nd? Why am I adding a TH to that? October 22nd, 2015. Apparently, I can't speak this week, but we'll see how it goes. Welcome back to the show. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a few things. Uh, had some... Uh, something very cool happened this week that we'll get to in a second here. Uh, and then later on, we're going to talk about Back to the Future because yesterday, October 21st, 2015, was the day that Marty McFly went to the future to go save his future from basically himself uh, and his kids. But <laughs> uh, it was a cool day. Um, a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff hit the, the internet. You know, Lexus released their... Hoverboard design that runs on uh, liquid nitrogen and super magnets, which was kind of crazy. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's a, just a ton of stuff out there. Uh, it's a fun day. Uh, that movie alone, uh, that trilogy alone, I think it was one of the most influential movies growing up for me. And I'm, I'm going to tell you guys a whole, all about that later. But before we do that, we're going we're gonna to go into what happened earlier this week on... October 18th, 2015, and the day that myself and the show entered the 21st century. On October 18th, 2015, I finally printed my first 3D print on my 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> I did it! I fucking did it! It took so long, but I, I finally did it. And I finally printed my first 3D print on my 3D printer. It was amazing. I can't tell you how awesome it felt. I mean, I haven't had that kind of sense of success and... and just accomplishment. The only thing that, that compares is graduating from college. I, I think that's that's probably the only other time that 
that that's ever happened. I I I felt so relieved and 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 accomplished and and I felt amazing. I mean, I it, I think the big thing was that it, it it was a lot of work, and it's something that I've really learned about this. I mean, I, I came into the show and and I've been wanting to promote this on the show and three D printing. I really think it's something that's that the future is has for us for us all. I think a lot of people will end up being their own 3D printers and and really all you'll ever need is is whatever material you're printing out. And it's going to change the whole game, but most importantly, the thing that I've learned is it's a lot of work. And and I mean that in the best way. Um it's not, it's not, it's, it won't be a fad, let's put it that way. It's never going to be a fad because it takes too much work to get it going. Now, you can buy a 3D printer that's pretty much all set up and, you know, you could download a model online, but it's, it, it, it will not last very long if that's all you're really doing, because it's going to take, you're going to have to do work to get it working every time. Um, now, my case is a little bit different. Uh, you know, I, I have an open source printer, the RigidBot Big, um, and like there's no company you can call, you know, if you, so work tech support. There are companies out there like the MakerBot or um, other thing, other companies like that where you there is a company that can help you with it, but um, I, I went I went the pure engineering route with this one. I I, I bought a, a kit. I built it up from the from the beginning. It was everything was in bags, and <laughs> so um, built it from scratch. That was amazing. It was also it also took me a really long time. I was working and going to school at the same time. You know, it's it. So whenever I had free time, or if I wanted to stay up late and then be tired the next morning for work. That that was the the choice I was making at the time, and it took me about a year from the time, not a year to build it, but it took me a year from the time that I got it to the time I actually really started getting into it, because I just straight up didn't have the time to put into it, because there is such a learning curve with this thing, and, and, and I'm, I'm being serious, it's... It's electronics, it's mechanical you you need to have some kind of mechanical aptitude what do i mean by that you got to know how to put things together you got to you got to know how to take things apart and you got to know a little bit about why that thing goes there you know because with a lot of these things the the directions aren't going to it's not like uh you're not going to get a direction like a, like it's going to be way closer to an ikea direction than it is to like a really good set of directions like a, like a like a um like a model kit. You ever you ever get one of those like three to one model uh, kits where you you build it all up and those directions are really intense. Yeah, it's it's especially not with mine. It was not like that. It was very free form. It was avant garde directions. Uh, <laughs> you had to you had to know a lot of what was going on. But it, more importantly, this is a three D printer is for somebody who has the troubleshooting mind, someone who wants to solve problems, someone who's not afraid when something breaks or when something's not working right to pull it apart and figure out what's going on. 
And I think it's perfect for any budding engineer or budding scientist who, who has under $1,000 that they can spend and they want to get a printer and they want to figure this stuff out. I, I really think it's, it's a huge experience for anyone who's a young engineer, whether you're in high school, whether you're in college or afterwards. I really, 3D printing and, and getting a 3D printer is, is a challenge. And if you're up for it, I, I highly recommend it. And the reason I say that is because for me personally, every time I have a success with this 3D printer, it does something to me. There's my my body excretes great chemicals for my my body. I feel fantastic. I, it's probably the only thing I can compare to a runner's high. Um, I feel incredible. I, I and 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 my mind just starts racing. It just starts going like, oh, this is. Oh man, like I can do this, I can do that. Um, I, I, I throughout college, I was writing down ideas that I would three D print because I knew I was gonna get there eventually. I, I was saving up for a three D printer. I was waiting for it, uh, this one specifically to finally go on. Um, and oh my god, it, it does not disappoint. I, I see. I seriously, not even kidding. Now, with that, um, I will say I was severely underprepared for my 3D printer. And so let me let me explain a little bit more. If I had just taken my what I had learned from my aerospace degree, I would not have been able to do this. I would have had a lot of learning to do and a lot of um, catching up to do. Uh, there's there's a lot of students especially who went to my school and who go to engineering schools in general. A lot of them were in robotics programs. A lot of them were in some kind of club after school where they worked on things that were mechanical or had a scientific or engineering background. I, I didn't have that growing up. Not that I wasn't able to or wasn't interested in it. They just, it wasn't, I really couldn't find out. It was, I'm not saying it's not available, but it didn't pop out to me and I didn't go for it either. I was, I was doing, I was involved in sports. I was involved in music, um, so yeah, it was just not part of my life, really, at the time. I loved Legos, I loved, I mean, really, I went from playing with Legos and Connects to playing with injection molding machines and, you know, and, and working with giant machinery at a company and basically getting told, hey, figure this out. You know, I I, I didn't have a middle ground, so... I, I think what what was really evident when I was working on the 3D printer and when I had my first real engineering job, internship really, was, wow, I do not know what a lot of these people know, what, what a lot of these engineering folks have just learned. And it's simple things. It's not like it's something you can't learn. It's just like, how do I explain this? It's like reading the beginning of a book and the end of a book and having no idea what happened in the middle. You know the beginning, you know the ending, but all the subtle little things in between, I didn't know. And this is, this is a while ago. Um, I've gotten much, much better at that. And I've worked really, really hard to fill in those gaps of the little things that don't seem like much, but when you don't have it, People look at you and you're like, you didn't get that? 
like that's like like I've known that for a long time or like you should know that um it's definitely been one of my struggles here uh you know growing up as an engineer um becoming a man as an engineer really because I can't really say growing up I was 18 by the time I started doing this so um if you have any kind of mechanical aptitude or or you, you like fiddling with things, you like constructing things, taking them apart, breaking them, then putting them back together again, I would definitely recommend doing this. Because even if you're like me and you, and you don't really have that experience, if you have a, if you get a 3D printer, you're going to get that experience. You will. And I think it's something that if you don't have a robotics program at your high school or you don't have a something club that that does some type of science or mechanics or something like that i would really recommend you to to get a 3d printer really i i i I can't stress it enough um and if you do end up getting one and you do get stuck and you feel like you need some some help or some work reach out to me i'd be more than happy to 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 lend you some advice or you know, especially on what kind of printer to go and get. Um, I'm not an expert, but I can at least uh, point you in the right direction. Um, but let's let's talk about my first print. Let's talk about the first thing that I printed. Okay, so the first thing that I printed was something called uh, the Mini Mr. Jaws. Uh, it's a model available on MakerBot's Thingiverse. So it's Thingiverse. T-H-I-N-G-I-V-E-R-S-E dot com. Um, it was created by Simon, C-Y-M-O-N, uh, on March 7th, 2012. And it's it's basically really simply a plastic shark with a really big jaw. Um, yeah, cute little shark. And uh, you, you use it for, you know, when you get a bag of chips and it's a pain in the ass once you open it. And it rolls down, and then you got to do that fancy roll technique so that the the bag doesn't open, your chips don't get stale, right? All you got to do is fold the bag, slip this on top, and it's closed. And it's heavy enough to keep it closed, light enough that it's not like tipping the bag over. Like I'm literally, that's that's the sound of it. So it sounds pretty light, right? Um, and it was really easy. The, the really cool thing about it was it was just... Um, it was just built straight up. Uh, it may not make much sense now that I'm saying it, and you can't see me actually doing the motion of it, but that's that's a really good thing to do for your first print on a 3D printer. Something simple, that, that's what I was looking for. Something simple that I could use that wasn't too much work and wasn't something complicated that if uh, an issue arose, I, I could figure it out. So... Um, really cool. I'm going to have a video up of it. Um, I'm going to have a, a quick video on this page if you want to look at it. Um, but I'm going to have a, a much bigger video for the first print. And I'm going to explain a few things about 3D printing that I can't really do justice with audio. Um, but the video will be up soon. It's just there's a lot of stuff I want to add in. I want it to be perfect for you guys. Um, so it's just taking me a little bit longer. So look for that soon. Um, but just again, incredible. 3D printing is amazing, and it's a challenge, and if you love that, go get one. Okay, now, let's move on to Back to the Future. Back to the Future, the Back to the Future trilogy, one, two, and three. Yes, three. 
those number three haters. So what if it's in the West, all right? It's a great movie. Anyways, Back to the Future, one of my favorite, favorite trilogies of all times. I remember when I was younger, I don't remember what age I was, but for one of my birthdays, my godfather got me the entire trilogy. So it was after it had already been done, and it was the whole trilogy in a three-pack VHS. VHS, people. Those big, blocky things you used to throw into a VHS. And then it would eat it up if you had a bad one. <laughs> Dude, I, that, I, I played those so much. I still have them around. It, Back to the Future did what so many science movies and science people in general, I mean, uh, trying not to do it with this show, <laughs> or trying to do it with this show, is, is to make it fun and interesting. You know, not to overload people with the science of it, but still have science. You know, and it's it's amazing what Back to the Future did. You know, Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg, just those two alone. I mean, you just mentioned Steven Spielberg. You're like, oh, okay, I'll watch it. You know? Uh, but the way they explain time travel, and especially in the second movie, the second movie where Doc is explaining the alternate timeline, grabs out the chalkboard, and shows the times linear in that at this point, when Biff went back in time and changed the history, they couldn't go back to the future to change it. They had to go back to the time where it happened originally. Like, it's a lot to think about, but the fact that they could draw that on a chalkboard and make it everyone to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. Like, I don't think anyone really had a hard time understanding the time travel aspect in Back to the Future. I mean, that's incredible. That, that's an accomplishment in itself. And when you consider... Sorry, there's someone walking upstairs. If you consider... If that movie was made today, it would not be that simple. I can, I can almost guarantee you. There's no way that explanation of the time... Alternate timeline would be simple. It would be this big overdone thing where... You know, it would be almost like a like a hipster thing. Like, oh, you don't understand the, the alternate timeline? You know, no, they did a great job. And, like I said, just took the complex and made it really simple. But most importantly, entertaining and just straight up cool. Uh, uh, can, you, can you deny that? No, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, you know, it was made in the 80s too, so... I, you know, it, it, it had it has that eighties feel and you just yeah, you gotta love that. I mean they 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 bridged so nineteen they they start the movie nineteen eighty five, right? They go back to nineteen fifty five, that's thirty years, right? They go to the future in the second one to nineteen uh two thousand fifteen this year, yesterday. Um oh <laughs> And now we can actually go back to the future, because that was yesterday, October 21st, 2015. Uh, and then, in the third movie, they go to 1885. So the whole, move, the whole trilogy spans 130 years, uh, and they capture each, um, 
each of the four time eras pretty well. That's hard to do. And, and, and you know, given the time that, you know, it was still film, so it wasn't HD. So, you know, sometimes a lot of those movies don't really make it when they, they go to HD. But, you know, watching the, because I have, I have the DVD set, and watching that on an HD TV is actually pretty good. I mean, it's not HD quality, but their their makeup was fantastic. You know, it, it didn't look like crazy, like like some old movies don't really relate. Um, let's let's move on. Oh, butthead! Butthead is an amazing insult. I want to bring that back. I mean, just calling someone a butthead like it's hard. It's hard to come back to come back from like <laughs> i mean biff biff was definitely like an awful person and his whole family apparently was like all the way back to <laughs> mad dog like they were awful awful people but arguably the best character in that entire series i mean you you almost like got you it's like a he's like yeah biff you know he's awful but yeah, i'd hang out with him you know, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like he's an asshole, but the, I guess what I'm trying to say is the guy who who acted as Biff and the entire Biff family, uh, the Tannen family, um, amazing actor. I mean, you love to hate that guy, um, and it's it's that weird relationship with it's it's a great it's a great um, connotation. Is that the right word on bullying? Um, that whole relationship, like, if, if that movie was made today, people would be like, oh my god, this is awful, but whatever, I'm not going to get into that right now. What I'm trying to say is, it's very interesting what happens between the original timeline, when Marty fixes it at the end of the movie, and Biff becomes, you know, kind of this timid, like, oh yes, Mr. McFly, blah, 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 um, but at first he was having, you know, McFly do his homework, and then in the in in Marty's timeline in 1985 was having him do his own work, and it was weird that George McFly, who was the nerd, excuse me, who was the nerd who was being bullied by Biff, Biff had him working under him, and then it switched, and McFly had Biff working under him, and it was almost like they could never be separated. Once once it was decided that. Biff was going to bully McFly, uh, George McFly. They they were inseparable. That you know, and and you saw that with the timeline. That even all the way back to the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, you know, Biff still, uh, I'm sorry, Tannen still didn't like McFly. You know, it just it's it's silly. But let's also talk about poor Lorraine. Lorraine's life is so connected and affected by everything that any decision anyone makes in any timeline. Her life is so thrown around and controlled. I, I felt bad for Lorraine after after the um, after the second movie, especially with the alternate 1985, where you've got you know Biff Towers. Or sorry, Biff Casino, uh, Biff Tannins, right? Is that what it was called? We got all the bikers outside. They're they're rolling a tank around outside, like it's just ridiculous. Um, 
and and she's you know sure her husband was murdered and again it goes back to that they because they were so connected they they couldn't they were inseparable so the only way for ugh, the only way for biff to be with lorraine was to murder george mcfly i mean it was just oh it's just crazy um but one of the other things I let's let's talk about before I keep just giving you the story of Back to the Future. Let's a few things that I noticed that I never really noticed before. When you think about the difference between the first movie and the second movie, you have Doc who creates the time machine, right? In the in the first movie, Doc creates the time machine, right? Shows it to Marty and then gets killed. And then the whole movie is based on Marty trying to figure out how to get back to save Doc from getting killed. So then, at the end of the first movie, Marty is the most experienced person with a time machine. And then as soon as the second movie starts, well, really at the end of the second movie, uh, the first movie, when Doc comes back to the future, it's only been like... It's been less than a week for Marty. It's basically been like a two, maybe three day span because it wasn't 24 hours, but it basically felt like it. Marty has spent so little time between the first, second, and even third movie. I think in total, Marty McFly only spends maybe a week in the entirety of the three movies. But Dr. Emmett Brown, from the first movie to the second movie, must have spent months, maybe even years, traveling through time, trying to figure out different things. You know, um, he finally did what he wanted to do, which was to travel the world, see the future, see how the world changed, and, and try and ask that, that figure out that, uh, that question of why. But in the process, he, he gets his blood changed, he gets all this future work done on him to add... Uh, years to his life, which is brilliant. I would do the same thing. I, I would definitely go to the future to the point where they've figured out medicine. Um, <laughs> I love the explanation uh, he was just giving. You know, he's pulling the, the skin off. Like, that was that was disgusting, but it was like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, he looked great. Um, but going back to it, when, when, when they're trying to get the book back from Biff, right? They go back to the original point in 1955 to get the, the Gray Sports al Almanac away from Biff, right? Doc pulls out this suitcase with money. He doesn't just have money going back to 1955. He's got it in so many different years, all the way back to the early 1800s, all the way up. I don't even remember what the latest date, but you'd have to assume it's at least to 2015, probably further and you when you the thing that that hit me is like doc might have spent close to a few decades and all of that training he did time traveling and, and and figuring out what will and what won't affect the future was all training for saving marty's life because he he must have spent years preparing that mission to, to prevent Marty's life from going into disarray. You know, he's probably like, oh, let me go check up on Marty, blah, 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 and found out his entire life gets ruined. I mean, 
The fact that he figures out that the entire life from that one moment gets ruined means he spent a very long time going through and, 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 and trying to figure out backtracking the story. You know, because he's, he's a man of science. He's, he's going to figure out what, what the plan is to be done. And it, it just kind of blew my mind, like how much work must have been involved in that. And just the whole idea of space and time, thinking fourth dimensionally, right? Uh, just the difference that those two people who both use the time machine and who are both affected by it and are the two time travelers, right? They each experienced completely different timelines and, and actual time in their own lives. And it just, it, that kind of stuff just, it just blew my mind thinking about that. Um, the, the, the science behind it is everything that's right about science fiction and everything that everyone wants in a science fiction movie. It's, it's one of the best out there. And it's amazing that now we're always going to be in the past for that movie. Uh, it's very cool. It's very cool. Uh, another thing I also realized for the first time uh, is that in the second movie, when Jennifer goes to her future home and her future daughter comes down the stairs, I never realized that that was Michael J. Fox. Never realized, because I always focused on the grandparents when they walked in the door. And my mom showed it to me the other day, and I was like, oh my god. That's Michael J. Fox in leggings and women's clothes. Oh, my God. You know, I, I guess she wasn't my type. I, I was never paying attention. So, well, there you go. That's something I didn't realize the entire time. I, I always thought that the, you know, hello, is anyone there? When the, the weird, like, face turn. I always thought that was a weird face turn. Like, like why is she turning her face like that? Why? Why? But Michael J. Fox looked great in drag. I, what, what, what am I going to say? It fooled me. I, th I thought it was his daughter. <laughs> uh, kudos to him. I, that's one ballsy move. Um, and uh, it worked. Like I said, I spent almost 20 years watching that movie and didn't even know it. So kudos to you, Michael J. Fox. You did an amazing job. Um, and just love that movie. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why you haven't seen it, but go see it. I've already ruined it for you, but hey, it's been, what, 30 years, so it's your fault. Uh, go see the movie. Uh, I had the joy of watching the second movie with someone who had never seen it before. I'd seen the first one, didn't see any of the other ones, and I was like, sit down right now, and you're going to learn everything about this movie. <laughs> I'm going to show you all the little things about this movie. It's going to be amazing. And it was fun. It was, it was seriously enjoyable. So welcome to the 21st century, everybody. That's, that's what this episode is about. Welcome to the future. We're finally here. Uh, <laughs> whether it's going to be 3D printing or whether it's going to be hoverboards in the future, I don't know. But I'm excited. And, you know, I can guarantee you we're going to be doing some 21st century science here. So keep listening to us and you know if you can support us best way to do that go to amazon.com if you go to amazon.com use the link on this page 
this episode's page or the homepage at todayinspace.net slash home and uh, just do your shopping like regular. It costs you nothing and Amazon's going to kick me back a little bit of it so we can do this 21st century science and, and put it out there for you guys because as much passion as I have for this, we need money to get some of this stuff done and this is the best way to do that. It helps get all this fun stuff out to you. So uh, do that. That'd be great. Um, and, and spread the word, everybody. If, if you have a friend out there who's involved in science, loves science, loves space, and just thinking outside the box, show them the show. You know, um, love, love that we've got the, a growing audience here, and it's, it's really becoming something that I can't even imagine that we're doing. It, it's, it's growing every day, little by little. And it's thanks to you, the listeners. I, really, I, I can't thank you guys enough everything that you do keep listening keep looking forward to the future and uh stay positive man don't 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 let negativity get to you um very easy to do believe me um but spread love spread science and have a great weekend everybody peace out